happy Mother's Day, everyone. I know it's kind of a weird day to be dropping the pod, but sometimes life will throw an event at you that forces you to call an audible and not be able to really keep a schedule, and one of those just happened this past week. The Bobrowski clan, John, Sarah, and the crew, they welcomed home baby Fitz this past week, uh, so we kind of had to find some time over the weekend to sit down and talk about it uh so it's me bobo and chris this week and a lot of our time spent just kind of talking to bobo you know he had a kid during this really weird quarantine time so he tells a little bit about what that hospital experience was like what it's like to bring home kid number three uh what it's like to have his first boy so a lot of it's just us asking him questions seeing how everybody's doing um and just very happy everybody's home happy healthy all that good stuff also, talk about uh, some quarantine haircut tomfoolery that happened to the Preston household this past week. Um, shorter episode, we're going to have another one coming for you this week, but we hope that everyone had a wonderful Mother's Day. Let's get right into it. Dance. feel like we've kind of lost it in terms of how long that intro song goes i know that i have this is new me being critical but hello everybody i know we're a couple days late on this week's episode um lots been going on my understanding yeah it's no no it's it's no one's fault and we'll kind of jump right into it so to make up for lost time uh we're not going to do anything with hot takes or would you rathers or anything like that we're going to get to the thing that's on everybody's mind it's very clear that you know, there's really only one story worth talking about right now. And murder hornets. We'll, we'll, we'll close with the murder hornets. Um, it's such a weird thing that that's that's a sentence that can be said. Um, but no, it's the 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 little boy's doing fine. It's that's what is on everybody's mind. Young boy, lots of uh, news surrounding this. Yes, Isaac is doing well. After a very trying haircut, we did a quarantine at home haircut for the first time. Um, no, obviously, we're going to talk about Bobo and Fitz and the new child. We're going to lead off with something a little bit lighter in that we ended up having to give Isaac an at home haircut quarantine style. Uh, and it went very, very sideways. Wait, so, so Paul is, Giamatti was there sideways. Hey. Um, but okay. real quick, Shane, is it you or Jerry Ann that are uh, actually licensed uh, barber beauticians? Nope. No. Neither one of us. I you, knew that going in. You have barber equipment? <laughs> Do you have haircutting equipment? Well, you see, if anyone in this family is well-versed, it's me. You see, I've been cutting my own hair since the sophomore year in high school. Nice. I've not paid for, I have not paid for a haircut since then. So I know my way around a pair of clippers. Problem is, my oh. wife doesn't. <laughs> so, so she's so, she's been she's been super bored during quarantine, understandably so. And she decided to take that out on her children because they've got, <laughs> they've got mops on top of their heads. Decided that she wants to give uh, Isaac a mohawk, which you know on paper sounds good. But I just I I saw it not going well. I cherish the fact that they can have hair because mine doesn't agree with me. I'm sure that some people on this pod can relate with that damn uh, <laughs> uh d- does jerry m cut your hair or do you do your own i do my own so again, so, so again this is just evidence as to why we're talking about the guy who's cut his own hair for literally 20 years not giving a kid a haircut and a woman who's not cut the hair giving the haircut so allow me to 
allow me to get into the specifics of what happened. So we we both participated, right? Um, because the trial had to be held down. So <laughs> has he had we, has he had a haircut before? Yeah, but he never likes it. Okay. And I'm sure that we went at it. again. It's we kind of came out of nowhere with him. In fact, there was actually one endearing story out of all of this. But let me get to the bad stuff first. Um, so no, it's so I'm going at the sides and the back with a two, and then I wanted to do the top with just like a seven. Uh, turns out that that looked a little bit too close, so we ended up having to go down and do a one guard on the sides. Basically, we kept alternating back and forth. I would end up doing the backs and the sides. Jerry and would do some of the front, and the other person would be holding down his arms. Problem is, is that once Jerry Ann was finishing up with the front on one portion, she just decided to go right over the top of the mohawk that we had been creating oh. 15 minutes before then and just ruined the entire thing to where I just looked at her and said, we got to do the whole thing now, don't oh, we? Oh, no. So on paper, this isn't, you know, the worst thing in the world. Kids got a shaved head, right? Problem is, is that I know what that can mean. I had hair that was a certain way. Like it was flowy. You could do stuff with it. Then one buzz cut sat the wrong way and it changed my hair for the rest of my life to where now if I grow it out, it's like this weird, not quite as curly Corey Matthews fro type thing to where it's like super thick. Things will get lost in it. Can't really run your hands through it. Just it looks like hell. That's why I shaved my head. And I'm just afraid that we did that to her. And I'm not going to be able to forgive myself if that's the case. Uh, He looks super weird. He's got a cowlick in the front. It's aggressive. Um, it's, I don't know. It's startling because to see them right next to each other right now, um, you never like to have your kid being called like an Aryan nation member and stuff like that, but it's hard to not have American history X go through your head. Uh, when I look at him right now, but I love him. He's still cute. He pulls it off. He's, he's got a nice face. The one endearing part of all of it, though, is that the second, because we Jerry made a makeshift, uh, I should have known things weren't going to go well when this happened. She made a makeshift like apron for him, just out of like a garbage bag. <laughs> the, the second that came into play to where this was going over top of him, Dominic knew what was up and he snapped into big brother mode to where he just lost his mind. He tried to rip it off him. He tried to get in between us as we were doing it. It's the most protective he's ever been. That's he kept awesome. calling him. He kept calling him baby. <laughs> Like after yeah. he got his haircut or while it was going on? He a little bit while it was going on, and then when he was bald, he kept calling him baby for sure. Like but in what context? He looks like a baby. Okay. I thought he was like, baby, it'll be okay, or like you're that's a baby. What, that's, now. What I, that's what I thought too. How does uh are haircuts much harder for Dominic? It kind of depends on the day. Because it was so we've gone to different places and sometimes they do well, sometimes they haven't done well. Um it kind of depends. This was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> Jerry Ann typically is the one to take them. I don't really mind letting it grow out. Mm-hmm. I think I've only gone once or twice. Um, I can't imagine them being much worse than this. And no, it's just very different. Um, it's not something that I wanted to do. It's not something I'm the biggest fan of, but you can tell them apart right now. So that's fun. That's true. Mm-hmm. So what about you guys? Anything been going on with you? No, just, uh, Happy birthday to all the moms out there. Mother's Day's tomorrow. So uh, we it's love. Birthday, or today. Or today. Yeah. When Depending. you hear this. Touche. What about, what about you, John? Anything, anything went up with you? Nothing. Nothing really new at all. Oh, wait. I have a son now. Give me one second. I have to put a shirt on. It's very cold. 
<laughs> um, I guess while Chris is putting his shirt on, I'll just, uh, we have no idea where Dan is. Uh, we've kind of all been saying like, we're going to try and get this going whenever we can tonight. And, uh, he didn't reply to any texts after a certain time. Um, I hope he's all right. Did I miss anything good? Nope. Just kind of explaining that Dan's not here and we don't really know what's going on. Um, I think he got snowed in. Yeah, that, it's true. He might have. He might be out shoveling the walk. Um, so obviously, uh, it, it's been a week since uh, my son arrived and things have been a little crazy in our household. So I know the guys have been trying to get together and record an episode. And uh, so tonight it was just kind of, I got some time. I'm actually laying in bed right now with my newborn a couple feet away in the bassinet. My wife's got the girls sleeping in their room. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I mean, if you hear some screaming in the background, um, I might have to step away or maybe we'll pause this while I take care of that. But uh, we're doing what we can because just life, man, life's happening. So was it everything you wanted it to be? it was a lot different than what I envisioned this time around. There are a lot of things happened. So with two other births and uh, I don't know in, in past episodes, we've talked about it. Um, I think we went in with a idea of how it would go. And uh, what's the saying? Uh, best laid plans. Never work. Yeah. So, I mean, this was definitely our most difficult pregnancy or birth uh, i guess for sarah especially um so yeah i mean that's just uh, just to not get too deep into it yet i will just say that this was not exactly how we planned but everything did work out in the end and we have a healthy baby boy at home with us now so so how much of the not going to plan or some of the troubles or difficulties that you had compared to past ones. How much of that had to do with what's going on right now versus just specific circumstances to this pregnancy? Um, so I, I, I wonder like the anxieties and everything built into it. So probably maybe a week or two weeks leading up, uh, Sarah had been getting pretty emotional, you know, more so than, you know, than you normally would be when you're 30 some weeks pregnant. Um, but because of the whole quarantine, um, being, you know, working, you know, she's working from home. I'm working from home, taking care of the girls, you know, being in uncomfortable positions, you know, all that stuff. She, I, one day, you know, we just kind of started talking and she had said, she goes, I feel like this birth is going to be different. And so she's kind of voiced that thought and i you know i said a couple couple times like what what do you mean different she's like i don't know i just feel like it's different and i asked is it because of the whole covid thing and the you know just the very strict orders and things like that um she said not necessarily she goes she just as you know mother's intuition or whatever it would be that it would be a little different um and then just you know sure enough that had to do with it and then with everything else going on i think the one thing it did with the the pandemic going on is you know it limits how many people can be in the hospital so we were only allowed she was only allowed one person which thankfully she i'm, I'm thankful she chose as me because uh, there was actually while we were going in so i guess real quick the the process it, uh, unlike a normal uh birth in a normal time like with our other two you go in the front door and you 
get on the elevator and you go up to the maternity ward and you check in and then you kind of, you know, everything's normal. Well, this, the hospital's kind of on lockdown. You walk into the, you know, first sets of doors. They check everybody's temperature before they let you in uh, to make sure you're not, you know, showing a fever. Then they let you into the lobby, which is cordoned off. You know, it's kind of marked off like it never has been before. And then they actually have somebody come from the maternity ward and escort you up. In this case, I had to wait um, until Sarah was actually admitted. We were not going to, we were a day early from our induction date um, because Sarah was having some, some issues. Um, so she actually had to go up to triage. And then once she was admitted, I was able to come up, but we couldn't even have another person in triage because of everything going on. Um, but, but what I was going to say is while, while we were checking in, there was actually another lady going in to have her kid. And this lady made the choice in real time while we were, while we were there that the baby's dad was no longer the choice to come up to the hospital with her. Her mother was. So there's this dude standing like furious that his wife, girlfriend, whatever made this decision at that moment that, yeah, you're not coming up. Only my mom is now, maybe they didn't know the rules. And so she had to make that decision. then. But dude, I felt so bad for this guy because now, I mean, he was like on the phone, like, what the F am I supposed to do now? Because he had to, he, he had no choice. He couldn't go on. And, uh, yeah. So, um, to make a short answer long, um, it had a lot to do with it. Um, not having her mom in there with us, which was at the last two was tough because just a mom and her daughter, that relationship. I mean, I never have given birth. I don't know what to say. Yeah. What a relief. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, here I am. She was all my, you know, oh, this hurts. I'm like, yeah, stubbed my toe once, you know, like, what do you, you know, what are you supposed to say? I don't know. It was, it was tough. Okay. Um, Sorry. No, it's... I'm trying to think of how much in in the weeds I want to get with what the hospital is like right now because I almost feel like it's not... It's not a great representation as to what it's even going to be eight months from now. To be honest with you, I, I feel like I could probably relate to an extent just because I, I feel like anyone that had a, a child under like more emergency circumstances, things are kind of quarantined off. You're yeah. not around nearly as many people. Things are a lot more hectic where some of the aspects that you're able to do with some of the other pregnancies, like the fact that things are planned, the, the fact that, you know, you have had two kids in a hospital before, aside from the fact that there were less people around was the process itself similar. And I, I have a, I have a question too, to jump on. Uh, yeah. Has it, so, so Shane might be in a different circumstance with, with the, the birth of his kids, you know, for, for, for my two and probably your first two, there was people coming in and out all the time, yes. you know, like either people visiting or nurses or friends and family, like, has it been, what was it like, is it weird without probably seeing all the people all the time? Yes. So, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I apologize, Shane. Um, your, your question was kind of what the differences were. Um, I, th- I I thought I was asking a question that was similar to Shane's, but I, I similar. To find it's, out. It's, it's a lot a lot like the process. So with the first two kids, uh, we did we had actually with all three we had set induction times. 
Um, we went in with the first two and sh- she was fine. She wasn't in labor. She was given medicine to start the induction process. We did not get to do that this time. So when she went in, uh, her contractions were already started. And so they had determined that she could not take the medicine that she took the first two times. She now had two other options to move along her labor other than just letting her body do it normally, which at this point, she didn't want to. She was in excruciating pain. She wanted to keep going. So it was something with like a balloon or something they put up there that kind of like stretches your cervix, I guess. And then the other one is uh, Pitocin, I think, is the one that a lot of people use, um, which will kind of force your contractions and whatnot. Hold on. Before you even continue anything else, I just have to ask each of you as men, how does it feel to not have anything like that in your life? To, to where something gets inserted inside of you and blown up to help stretch something inside of you so that something can be accomplished. Well, um, you, Chris has some funny stories from college. Chris, go ahead. Tell about. No, I'm joking. That's... <laughs> I thought you were going to I thought you were going to ask, like, how do how do I we feel about not being able to, like, give birth? which my answer was going to be, yeah, I'm glad. Like, I don't want to give birth after seeing all this. Like, God bless them. It's Mother's Day. You guys are awesome. No thanks. I've heard enough uh, <laughs> horror stories from from my wife who does it for a living to know I want nothing to do with any of that. I mean, yeah, just... Yeah. I mean, oh my God. it's like, one, I mean, in, in an emergency situation or C-section or anything, like you're going in and having these ma- this major surgery, and then you choose to do it again for the next, like for the people that, that have, you know, routine C-sections and stuff. Like that's real surgery. That's not like getting a finger prick to test your blood. Like that's legit stuff. Like, I, I mean, for guys, like, yeah, we don't have anything similar to that. Like, it's just weird. I do not envy them. But man, there. I mean, I will say I give them all all the credit in the world. Every mom, no matter how you give birth, you guys are awesome. You guys are heroes, man. That's it's great. We said we wouldn't go along on this pod, and we said we wouldn't ramble. And it's been eighteen minutes, so we're yeah, we're, we have, we're doing great. <laughs> um, so going back to the, the 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 question, so just the difference was everything. So with the other pregnancies, like it kind of. Like, like you said, Chris, people were coming in. So Sarah would like get the medicine, get her IV, you know, kind of start the saline and whatever other medicine she has to take for whatever stuff's going on. Um, Cause there's a lot of weird things that I have no idea about, but every time I, you know, they're like, Oh, well, this happened. So you have to take this type of medicine to make sure the kid isn't have this, like, I don't know, but they do all this stuff. I just trust them. Um, you know, Sarah agrees. She talks to her doctor. That's her OB and her, that's not my mm-hmm. deal. Um, but anyway, yeah, but it was like, yeah, all the other ones, it was my parents came in, you know, uh, brothers and sisters came in, you know, all that. Everybody just hang out for a couple hours while she's, you know, in labor, but it's, you know, not to that point. She hasn't progressed to that point yet. Yeah. This time it's like, we got in there and actually what they're doing in our, at our hospital is they're testing every woman coming in to give birth for the the coronavirus, regardless of symptoms. Um, I guess it's kind of something that's starting to pop up more and more just because they want to make sure that they're, you know, taking care of it. Well, before the results come back, they treat you as if you are a positive case. So Sarah has to wear a mask 
anytime somebody comes into the room. I, as the one guest, I wore a mask no matter what. I did not get tested. They had me wear a mask anytime anybody was in the room other than me and Sarah. Any nurse, uh, doctor, anything like that, which for me was no big deal. But for Sarah, who's obviously about to be pushing and going through labor, to have a mask on would be terrible. Um, but uh, so it was just, had we been induced like normal, our results would have been in before we went in, so it wouldn't have been an issue. But because we went in unexpectedly, the results were not going to be available. So they had to be, cause we went that morning and she did a test, a drive through test at like 9am that morning. We went into the doctors at one P or into the hospital at 1pm. So her results had not been uh, returned yet. So for about six hours, she was, you know, treated as if she was positive. Any doctor that came in was wearing a full face mask, face shield, boots, everything like that, which just makes you feel different. And you don't have all the family and friends coming in for that support and kind of that camaraderie. Um, and, it, and you've heard about it. I know there's pictures and videos of doctors and nurses that would have pictures of themselves on their gowns to like show mm -hmm. what they really look at for the people with, you know, going through the COVID stuff, because it's true. You don't feel that warmth and comfort, even from the medical professionals when you can't see their face. And it does take away from that like that emotion away from it. Like it's very cold, um, you know, you know, emotionally just feels colder and more business-like than it's a kind procedure. of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. If you, and again, Shane, I'm sure like you can speak to that, like going in for emergency C-section and stuff. Like it's not all happy. It's like go time. It's business time. Like people are running around doing what they got to do and that you're not a concern anymore. It's taking care of this baby and taking care of a, you know, the, uh, the mother. And so it was just, it was a lot different than the other times when it comes to that alone. Yeah. One thing that being in a situation like that, I, I was able to kind of sit back and just watch people who were very good at their job, do their job. And you're almost kind of in awe of it, but you're watching them do a procedure. Like a lot of that intimacy is not there. Um, right. Or at least it's not shared with those around you, maybe just you and her, but yeah, I have to imagine that's different from having a bunch of family there, having a doctor whose face you're seeing, who you've seen throughout that day and throughout that week and mm -hmm. yada, yada. Um, yeah, I can, I can imagine that was quite a bit different. What about right after? So Fitz comes out. How, how does everything go from there? Is the so, after the fact different as well? So the, the only, I would say, so she was obviously, her results came back before she actually was pushing and everything so we were good there so she didn't have to wear a mask which was great because she ended up going on giving her oxygen and stuff too um so because it like you said it was a little bit difficult labor compared to her other ones um but yeah as soon as he came out it was it was the same normal show you know all these nurses i think three doctors were there um now when he did come out the the umbilical cord was around his neck um so unlike the first two where you know the, they came out you know, without that situation, doctor hands me the, uh, the scissors. I cut the cord, you know, that yeah, kind of beautiful. I had to cut the cord then this time. Didn't yeah. I? He, he had to go in, you know, because he couldn't just loop it over his head. They, they had said, you know, sometimes it's just lightly around the neck. They can just loop it over once he's out in this case. No, like he was, you know, barely shoulders out and he had to go in and, and you know, did they didn't even, you know, talk to me or Sarah, you know, they're, they're in doctor mode they're doing what they got to do to get this kid out that the kid is safe, which, you know, amazing work. I mean, just, you know, 
I mean, Sarah's questioning. She hears them talking and she said, what's going on? What's going on? I'm not down there because I promised Sarah I wouldn't. Um, so I kind of stayed back with her. I, I will say I was very nervous when you hear that um, because obviously that's not something you expect to hear or want to hear. And there are the negatives about all that. Um, but yeah, they snipped them out real quick and then they you know took them over to the little warming station and everything like that. And then I was able to cut the rest of the cord off. They let me go over and do that. Um, so that was just different. Um, the other thing was he came out with um, like, I guess I call it like baby acne. Um, so he was very splotchy, which really made me nervous again, where the girls, we didn't have that situation. Um, and then he also, him and Sarah both had an elevated temperature at that time, which was new. So it was just different without my mother-in-law being there who could kind of take care of Sarah while I went and took care of the babies last time. Now I'm like worried that like, I want to pay attention to her and pay attention to the baby. So I'm kind of like between the two. Um, almost felt like I didn't get to fully enjoy that moment because I was so torn into two, you know, into, uh, no offense to Sarah, who's probably torn into two. Um, I was just felt like I was being pulled into two different directions because I'm trying to give the comfort and care to both um, that I normally couldn't. So yeah, that was, that was definitely difficult um, for anybody that, you know, when you are alone, like, because again, there there are two people there that you're trying to worry about. No, a lot of unwanted variables uh, that would have been okay in a normal time, but worse when it's just you. Yeah, and it still was different, right? So even in if her mom was there and everything like that, like it's still, you know, maybe our other two births were a little more. I don't know if you want to say standard, or we were lucky that the other two went so smooth. Um, where this one was just a little bit different. And, uh, you know, it was just, I mean, I know there are a lot more, you know, obviously Shane has shared his story before where it's, you know, it's totally different and a totally different type of like stress and worry. Um, but like for us, yeah, it was just not, again, not what we planned, not what we expected, but everything did turn out. Temperatures came down. The baby acne is going away. Um, you know, he's got a little couple dots here and there, but they're not worried about it. All pediatrician wasn't worried about it. So, I mean, he's, He's kicking ass, man. He's hit all his numbers, everything he's supposed to be. Um, so we're doing good. So how long was the process between he comes out, you guys get to go home? Was it much longer than normal? Was the process any different? Nope. So, I mean, it's the normal 24 hours. Um, so he was born at, uh, the only issue was he was born at 2.51 a.m. on May 3rd on Sunday. So we went in on Saturday, like I said, about uh, 1 o'clock uh, p.m., and we were hoping if he came sometime that day, but because of the medicine and the contract, everything like just didn't move along as quickly as the other two because of the situation. Yeah, we have him at 2.50 in the morning. Um, so we have to be there 24 hours. So he has to come, you know, do whatever his 24-hour tests are and stuff before we can be released. Um, so obviously we're not leaving at 4 a.m. Um, so we stayed till the next, um, so we stayed Sunday, Monday, and we stayed Monday night and we released, um, it was like 10, 10 o'clock AM on, uh, <clears throat> on Tuesday. So sucked, I'm, but I'm it, sure, it was, sure. nice. my guess would be, and I, I, I'm not speaking with any knowledge of their, if, if you're in a routine situation, they're probably just going to try and get you out of the hospital as soon as possible and not keep you there longer. Like right. If, well, well, Maddie, Maddie was born at like 6 PM. And we left about 
7 or 8 p.m. the next day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we did what we had to do. We knew we were comfortable. We were going. Eliana was born closer to midnight. So we did the same thing. We stayed two nights. And again, all their numbers came back the way, you know, his numbers came back. Um, everything looked good. So that was, you know, those are your big concerns too, is that if he has issues or Sarah as well, if she had any bleeding issues or anything like that, that they might keep her around. Right. She, she was good. So yeah, it was just a matter of the, the second night, uh, was more of, it was more of just, you know, and to be honest, I mean, I, I, I guess if this is a, a follow-up or whatever, but it was actually kind of nice to have that alone time, quiet time, because it has been nothing but chaos once, once he's come home with the girls. Um, so it was nice that like, we both could try to kind of chill out. Sarah didn't have to like get out of the bed. I didn't have to worry about, you know, changing him where the nurse would come in, do what they need to do. Cause that's what they do. Right. They do that all day, mm-hmm. every day. Um, so it was just, you know, Sarah could call somebody, bring her, you know, could bring her Motrin or whatever she needed. Um, you know, needed some new towels or, you know, if she was going to the, you know, take a shower or whatever, she, you know, could go into this large walk-in shower, didn't have to worry about, you know, it had a seat in it and everything. So it was kind of, it was really nice that she was able to not have to worry about the girls climbing on top of her or crying or screaming. So there was a benefit to it. Now I'm sure once we get our uh, bills from the hospital, it won't be, you know, we might not, I might not look back at it like that, but, uh, it was kind of nice though, because it also, I will say it was quiet. It was quiet. Very underrated part of the entire thing. The, the, the seclusion is actually welcome there just because I'm thinking about, I'm just thinking about what it would be like to bring home a baby to, to the two people that I've been living with yeah. this entire time. I can only imagine it being similar. Um, so let me, let me ask you this. Uh, let's, let's get away from some of the, scary parts of having a baby in a hospital during COVID. And let's talk a little bit more about the fact that you've got a kid number three and B your first boy, which one of those facts hit you first? Uh, definitely that I have a boy. Um, okay. Uh, I, I mean, like you just, you, you look, he's got a crank. He, he's got a little twig and two berries. Like, it's just different, but I mean, again, like that's where my eye, you go, you know, yep, that's a boy. Yep. That's my son. Like that hits you right away. Like, cause you, you know, you're not even thinking about, I'm taking another kid home. I feel like in that moment, just like when you have a second kid now, Shane, obviously your situation, your second kid came momentarily. Um, but like for, you know, Chris, we've talked about it. Like when, when the second kid was born, like in that moment, you're not thinking like, oh, now I was, you're still thinking like, wow, here's my kid. Like you're, it's that same excitement and like enjoyment of like, this is my child. This beautiful thing came into this world because of us, because of my wife. So like, you're able to enjoy that. So definitely the third, you know, the third kid thing wasn't in my head. It was definitely like, holy crap. I have a son. I have a namesake now. I have like, you know, just the difference the stuff that I didn't have before that, you know, all the jokes and the different things like that. Like it was just kind of like fulfilling that, like, dude, you made, you know, you made this kid. And are you like already, already picturing his football and basketball games and stuff like that? Or like how far ahead, like, are, like him, like taking swings off a tee or things like that. 
Yeah, I'm thinking like hopefully he doesn't throw like me or my dad because then the poor kid is, you know, screwed. Like hopefully he gets my sister or, you know, Sarah's, you know, Sarah's brothers or sisters like talent for throwing a ball and stuff because that's not something me and my dad were ever blessed with. Um, But definitely you think about that. You think about like the whole like, you know, all I mean, all of it, you know, like the wrestling and, and just like the mini me type of thing where, you know, the girls are around in their fashion that's her big thing now is this fashion may pull their shirts down over their shoulders is this fashion mommy like which again my son could be that way too but like in your head you're thinking all the oh he'd be playing with teenage Mutant ninja turtles and you know oh he'll you know be into lord of the rings and all these different things that like i like potential you know but yeah it runs through your head you're like this is pretty freaking cool like this is awesome like i don't know not to say that i'm not going to push those things on my daughters either but in that moment, I mean, it's all flashing right there for you. So it's, it's pretty cool. Like it was that relief feeling of like, okay, he's here. I think that's the big thing, right? Is he's here. Everything's good. I'm looking at him. He's real. I have a son. It's awesome. How did you react when you heard what Elon Musk named his son? So at first I didn't know that it's, Kyle, but just in a really weird way to spell it, I guess. Like, I thought he named it some weird, like, you could only say it on a computer or something. And then I saw some memes about it being Kyle. Then I thought they were just Kyle memes. And then they spelled it out that, like, oh no, it's the Chinese letter for this and the this and that. And it spells out Kyle. Um, To be completely honest, Chris, in the year 2020, that's not the weirdest thing that I've expected to read when I it's pull probably, up a... It's, it's probably not like the 10th weirdest thing this yeah. month. Yeah, you're right. Like, it was it was one of those that like, huh, okay, I guess he did that. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, yeah, that's pretty funny. It's actually kind of refreshing to see things going back to normal a little bit. Yeah, just... Well, that was like, well, the, the British twins that were named COVID and Corona... sucks i mean it's still not the worst baby name i've ever heard of but it's it's pretty bad no but but i would say that's that's kind of more that makes me think things are like it normal ish because people are naming their kids after something that's killing all these people that just seems like you know people naming their kid like osama bin laden or something because they think it sounds cool well i mean like i was seeing baby khaleesi's and yep (laughs) things things didn't turn out too well That was that is certainly a choice to make. <laughs> so we've got kid number three, first man to be living in the house with you. How has the first week first been? man in the house, really? Yeah, man of the house, yeah. GPT. Yeah, so you've got <laughs> so 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 your weekend, new gentleman living with you. How yeah. how's he doing so far? Good roommate? Dude, he's awesome. Uh he, He's 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 cooing a little bit right now, so uh, he might be getting hungry, um, but he's not getting too fussy. He's he's really chill. So the 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 two nights in the hospital, he gave Sarah like three. Well, the first night he gave her like a three hour stretch, where he slept and she was able to sleep, which was awesome. Um, and then the next night, he slept for like five hours, like in to the point where like Sarah would wake up, she you know she's like, is this okay like is he good um 
And he was like, and even at home, um, he's been pretty good. You know, he's doing the, the, the standard baby stuff where, you know, Chris had mentioned, like they're supposed to sleep like 20 hours a day. He's sleeping like 20 hours a day. He's not a huge screamer, like for no reason. If he's crying, it's because he's wet or he's hungry. Not, you know, we've had other, you know, Eliana was notorious for just screaming her head off anytime she was awake. Oh um, boy. Yeah. So, you know, and a lot, um, so a lot of people always say like their first kid was good. And then their second kid was the worst. Like Ellie was definitely from the moment she was born, she screamed. And, uh, yeah, so he's just been really chill when it comes to that. He's been like putting up with his sisters, which is awesome because they are just, they have no social distancing skills at all. Um, sorry, he's getting a little fussy here. That's Okay. All right, well, so much for being chill. We've got hey. Fitz over here throwing Fitz. No, stop it. Um, yeah, he was he was hungry, man. He had to get some of that uh, get some of that mother's milk. So uh, yeah, I we had to run downstairs here and uh, continue. Of, of all the ways you could describe breast milk, that was probably the one that would get you in trouble the least. Yeah, well, it is Mother's Day, so um, but yeah, so uh, I came downstairs now, and we'll hopefully finish it up. So, um, but just to, to finish up that question. Yeah. He's, he's just been really, really good. Um, it's just, you know, there no complaints about him. I mean, really at all, he's a five or whatever, seven day old baby. He's doing great. How, how much more comfortable are you with the, with the dadding of a very, very young child this time around compared to the first two goes. Is it riding a bike? So it's riding a bike. If I was not very good at riding a bike to begin with, I'm not good at the newborn stuff. Um, it's just, it's just not my bag, baby. Um, they, you know, they got these little skinny legs and just, you know, they, the, the screams when you're trying to change them, as soon as they get cold, they just lose it and like wipe in their butt and their skin just feels almost like translucent still. You feel so bad when you have to wipe the, you know, wipe, you can't give them baths yet because of the belly button and everything. You can't submerge them and just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> so they can't breathe underwater, Bobo. You uh. can't submerge them. You can't smother them in kisses. <laughs> yeah, that I can do, but um, but no, I, I mean it's the, the 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 difference between obviously the newborn girls versus this is is obviously the the genitals the is the difference. But as far as my comfort in just if it would have been a boy or girl, like I just am not very comfortable at this stage, like. I haven't began feeding him yet, um, you know. But when we do start introducing bottles, I'm always uncertain with that because it's like, is the bottle warm enough? Is it not warm enough? Are they supposed to drink this many ounces? Like, do I burp them? I always feel like I'm not burping them enough. Um, it's the constant fear of like, did they shit or piss? So you're like constantly looking at their diaper to see if they've done it, and uh, it's just yeah. I mean, it's. Yes, Sarah has Sarah has taken to her duties very well. Um, I feel like my 
dadding has stepped up a little bit more um, just as far as with the girls um, in my mind is just that I'm a little more, try to be a little more hands-on with them and more helpful with them, um, which is, you know, no big deal. Have they been adjusting? Dude, they, they love him. They absolutely love him. It is like the newest toy we could have given them. I mean, they do not leave this kid alone. All day long, it's constantly yelling at him. Leave him alone. Get off the, you know, you know, get, mm-hmm. let go of your brother. No, stop jump. Like they jump right onto we told the couch. You, you can't submerge him. Oh, Maddie, Maddie put a pillow on his face earlier. <laughs> she just set it on his face. She's like, here you go. They're like, mm, can't do that. Um, but, but like, yeah, I mean, they climb on the back of the couch and like, we'll have them like, uh, you know, he's, he's a little jaundiced right now. So the doctor, the pediatrician said, you know, try and put him in the sunlight when you can. So we've been kind of laying him on the couch right in front of our big kind of picture window here. And the girls take that as, okay, I'm going to climb on the couch on above him while he's laying there. And then they like jump off right onto the same cushion that he's on. So like, it's just. Oh, it's just constant chaos, and they're so loud. They want to sing for them, and it's not like cute twinkle, twinkle. It's like full-on pterodactyl screeching with a karaoke machine that they got for Christmas. Oh, they, I mean, God bless them. They they love him. They are so excited. Eliana will Eliana kisses him at least three times every five minutes. Like she, <laughs> she'll be in the other room playing. And then she'll run in here randomly and like stop. We have a little baby swing or whatever we'll put him in. She will like grab the baby swing to stop it, lean in and try and kiss him. And it's like, oh my God. <sighs> well, I mean, the, the cool part is, is that the thing that I'm not hearing is any of that new baby resentment or anything like that. I know that it's early in the process and stuff like that, but the the fact that they're taking so nicely, even if it is, giving you a little bit more work or a little bit more to worry about. I mean, that's gotta be best case scenario, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, cause I know with going from one to two, when Maddie came along, um, we were actually talking about this today, me and Sarah and Ellie was like her go-to phrase was put the baby down, put the baby in the crib, put the baby in the swing. Like she wanted that mom time. Didn't mm-hmm. want Sarah to hold her. Um, and Chris, I don't know if you guys dealt with any of that, um, if you can remember back a year, she, she would just, uh, Reagan would just go to the other parent. So she wasn't okay. always like hating on baby Kenzie, but she definitely wanted her, uh, her own shine. She needed, yep. She needed her attention. Yeah. And I think, I think the so here's my theory and maybe any listeners out there who have three or more kids can, can jump in, but it's, I think that the two girls having each other has helped taken the burden off of like Sarah and kind of that, that uh, jealousy. I'm sure that helps. Yeah. I mean, cause they, there's been numerous times they'll do it now. We're like, to, I think it was earlier today or yesterday. Cause my, to be completely honest, our days are just running together. We, me and Sarah both at least once today asked each other is today, what day is it? Today? Like we don't even know what day it is. Uh, because it just feels like you let you lay down to go to sleep, you wake up, you know, nobody's working, nobody's coming over. It's just very, you know, it's just a really weird, you know, it's that weird first week of a newborn. You just, you're just making it through. You're just trying to survive. Um, but you know, we actually probably had about an hour, maybe hour and a half 
where it was just me and her and she was either holding fits or nursing or whatever. And we sat in one room, just us. And the girls were in the other room playing Barbies or LOL, whatever, and did not even bother. It was just great. You're like, we didn't get that when we went from one to two because one, Ellie was only about 17, 18 months old, um, where Maddie is, you know, over two years old now. Um, and Ellie obviously almost four. So like they, you know, she, they, they entertain themselves. So it's kind of nice. Um, whereas, you know, if it was that age thing was a big thing in it, but uh, it was just, it, it was cool. It's just cool that they're, they're so in love and they care about him so much, but at the same time, they still can go and do their own things. And it doesn't, doesn't feel like we have to be on top of them, which is also another thing we have to be, you know, cognizant of too, is that we don't put all our attention on him and take it away mm-hmm. from them because they need it too, especially during this quarantine crap. And we don't have the ability to just, you know, have our moms come over and play with them for a couple hours or even have them stay the night, which they want to, they keep begging to stay the night at their grandma's uh, houses. Um, we, again, I think we're just, we're too boring for them. I, you and every other parent to their kids. That's <laughs> just a you thing. Yeah. Um, so how, what sort of questions can you think of that you have regarding what's ahead of you with raising a boy? I want to see how I can be of help, how maybe some of our listeners can be of help. Um, what are some things that you're anticipating or that you're uncertain of going forward? You've already done the new kid thing twice. So I feel like you got a lot of basics down. Is there anything about a boy in particular that you're kind of sketchy on? Um, not necessarily sketchy, but it's just kind of um, the like the anatomy type stuff where with the girls, more so with Ellie, um, when she started getting a little more exploratory of her own parts, um, I could always kind of pawn that off on Sarah. Like, go talk to your mom. Like, I don't know, daddy. You know, daddy doesn't have that. Whereas like with a boy, like that's my time to step up. And if he has questions or I guess if the girls have questions about him, you know, uh, you know, I don't know with your boys yet. I mean, I think, you know, you always hear, you know, that they just play with their thing all the time or yank on it or do whatever they yep. do. Like, I don't know how I'm going to handle those moments. Like, cause it hasn't happened yet. Right. Like, and it's, it's, it's just going to, <laughs> so I don't know if there's just advice, like, how I should handle it. Like the first time there he's yanking on it or he's got a boner or something where I go to change him. What's funny is, is that the nice thing about it is that there are like little tells, right? So you mentioned checking for, you know, to see if, you know, he went in his diaper or anything like that. Luckily there's a built-in like detector. If he hasn't gone yet, if he's about to like, you're going to be able to notice that. Um, just be prepared. He, they're, they're going to, he's going to pull on it. Like he's mad at it. (laughs) It's going to be uncomfortable to watch. Um, he'll be fine. Once he gets old enough for you to basically like be able to not, don't use the word discipline, but like telling him to stop doing something like it's gotten to the point now to where if Dominic or Isaac do it, mainly Dominic, Dominic's the one that seems fascinated by it to where it's just one of those like, Hey, and he'll just like look at y'all funny and stuff like that. And you take two steps towards him and he'll stop and he'll pull his stuff back up. And they know what they're doing at that point. Um, even when they were younger and like the communication piece wasn't there, there was never really a they're going to hurt themselves sort of thing. Uh, it is like you're knocking on the door of that, though. Like in terms of 
like they go to work on it like, <laughs> like two hands just like yeah, but you're just like, you're supposed to let them do it right like you, that's all it is is just answer the questions and let them go to work I mean, yeah, I, I think within reason. Like, like if you're seeing anything ripping at the seams or anything like that, right, like, right, right. Or he's about to, he's about to put it into a toy or something. Like, yeah, if he's got a staple gun. If he's near a, a an outlet, of a some light sort, He's trying to submerge something else. Like, yeah, just any of those things within reason. Just kind of use your noggin. Um, Jerian was probably one that would try to stop it more than I would. I'm like, well, what are you expecting to do? Like, not do that, right? I mean, get used to it. That's your life. Um, yeah, that's that's not really going to be more of an issue. You're you're going to spend more time laughing at that than being concerned about it. Yeah, I think I think like for us, it's going to be the education for the girls. You know what I mean? Because it's going to be one of those where you know we're a pretty like a pretty lax family when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, you know, a couple of my buddies, you know, always joke that anytime there's a video or, or, you know, pictures of like, you know, my girls it's just, we don't like, they're not say we, they aren't wearing pants. Like they're just Ellie's, you know, she's a, she's either a nightgown or a t-shirt and underwear girl or, and same thing with Maddie. Like she's down to her pull-up. Um, and that, that's just how they are. So it's like with a boy, I assume, though, if that is the same case, then one less item of clothing is one step closer to pulling his thing out. And then, like, with the system, like, you know, then it's like, yeah, you don't want them to do that. Just kind of like in the past where when the the girls were so young that I could take a leak with the door open and they didn't know what was going on or they wouldn't come into the bathroom, whereas now is you have to make sure that door is closed or they're coming in there and then you just got to worry about therapy and stuff later in life. So it's just kind of, those are, those are things that, you know, obviously I don't think anybody else on our group can answer. So maybe if there's listeners out there that have had experience with, you know, uh, different gendered kids and dealing with those type of questions, um, you know, that's kind of one um, that I would be interested to hear feedback on is just kind of maybe anything that they've gone through Um or they have any advice if the question does come up, you know, why, you know, why this, why that, um, you know, you like at what age is the boy girl sharing of a bathtub no longer allowed where like, obviously when they're toddlers and little, like it's no big deal, but like at some point, you know, like, I don't know, those are the kind of the weird things you don't really learn or talk about. Um, so, I mean, again, I'm, I'm reaching out to listeners for that type of stuff. Any advice or reading, I guess it's in our future. Nothing we have to worry about now, but for Shane, I have a good one for you because nurse said this and I wanted to ask you, um, that you want to, if you can tuck his thing down in the diaper when you make his diaper so the, or he will pee up in like on himself or into his clothes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got to be cognizant of the way that you're positioning things. Yeah. And then, and then that's like, I don't know. Like you just, you just tuck it, you just fold it down. Like, uh, so one thing that I, I'll be completely honest on, I never tucked it down because I always thought about how uncomfortable that would be. Mm-hmm. As a person, like, and that's and that's what I was thinking. Yeah, imagine the act of doing that. Mm-hmm. But no, it's. I guess the way that I would always make it a point to do it is 
to just make sure that the diaper was up high enough. I, I guess I was always like a high diaper kind of guy in terms of how I would do it. Um, well, with your boys, diaper. yeah, those are real high-waisted. Well, that's that's the major. I was worried about Dom when it came to that. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not talking tongue-in-cheek with that. Like, there's a reason why I didn't do Like, that exact same thing was said to me. And, like, to an extent, really just be cognizant of it. There's not a set way that you need to do it. You don't want to poking out the top so that they're going all over themselves. <laughs> or, 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 frankly, that's when that's when them you know, going to the bathroom at night turns into something to where they have to be changed in the middle of the night. Yep. What you're mainly looking to do is have them not have to change their clothes to where you're just changing a diaper, right? So whatever you can do to keep the changing of the clothes from happening, that's the main goal. So yeah, you'll find the right way to position it. Um, I, I I will tell you this, I not one time did I ever just like completely like tuck it down or anything like that in a way that felt unnatural or weird. Okay. I just made it a point to where it wasn't poking out the top. That that did the job for me. That that makes sense. I just wrapped around his waist three times. <laughs> um so w- one funny thing I will say though, and you and you're a ways away from this. This would be when it's potty training time. Um you mentioned the whole like you going to the bathroom with the door open or the door closed. When I go now, doors open, or at least you're showing one of them's coming in. We made so much progress when it comes to them using the bathroom. They just stand up now. They don't sit down. And they're awesome with it. Like when it comes to signaling us, when it comes to going over by the door and stuff like that, just the act of doing it, um, it, it has become a team sport. That will be one of the weird bonding things that you will have with your son. Yep. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. Be, be like back be like back in high school again. <laughs> it'll be it'll be exactly the same as that. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to we're gonna cut this one a little bit shorter than what we've been averaging lately. Uh mainly because we won't be cognizant of your time, Bobo. We know that you've got kind of a lot going on and frankly I think we all still do, but you you've got a new member of the family that we're all very happy about. Um, I do think that it's probably important for us to tie in just a little quick something before we like as we're signing off right now on what today is, you know, because it's going to be getting released on Sunday, a relatively important Sunday of the year. Uh, so I guess to each one of you guys before we sign off, any thoughts on Mother's Day in terms of anything that you would like to say to um, your respective misses or to the people listening at home? Uh, for for my missus, I, I think um, I wouldn't be half the dad I am without her. Uh, she supports me in all my endeavors. Uh, she supports this podcast, uh, which is a great idea. Uh, <laughs> to to all the all the moms listening, uh, thank you for all you do. Uh, I know we have quite a few moms in the audience. Uh, just a. I don't know. A lot of respect and appreciation to every to all the moms. It's a it's a tough job. Yeah, I'll definitely say uh, you know to all the moms out there listening, uh, to all the dads out there uh, listening for their significant others. Um, you know, give them give them thanks. They deserve everything. And I know this year is a little different, um, and that's kind of something I've been kind of talking about. I feel like I'm not giving my everything to Sarah who deserves everything as the mother she is to all three of my kids. Um, you know, again, I, I talk about her all the time being a rock star, kind of keeping this whole thing going. Um, 
you know, she, she deserves any and all praise from me that I could ever give anybody to raise my own kids. I, I could not have asked for a better mother to my children. Um, so for everybody else out there, you know, appreciate one, your significant other and appreciate your mother. Um, if she's still, you know, uh, lucky enough to be around here, um, you know, give them a call, FaceTime, uh, social distance, drink, whatever you, whatever you guys can muster up. Um, you know, moms are special moms, moms put up with a lot of crap. Um, moms suffer every time that their children suffer. Um, it is not an easy gig. Uh, you think about, you know, how it seems to be dads can be a little bit, uh, harder, uh, colder for some things. Um, and I think we need to be to get things done. Uh, moms, uh, tend to be a little more soft in, uh, uh, in the good ways. Um, that also is needed too, to help, um, to help our, our children and ourselves get through. So, you know, to Sarah, thank you. I love you. Appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you for giving up your body and your mind for my, uh, for my big headed children. <laughs> uh, I'll close it out by basically just kind of echoing a lot of that same stuff. I know a lot of great moms, which is pretty awesome. Um, related to a good number of them. Um, my sister is a great mom. My mom is an incredible one. Um, I don't know. I, I learned a lot about who I am as a parent and as an adult, uh, from her, a lot of things that she taught me throughout the years. Um, friends, uh, extended family on Jerry Ann's side, there, there's a bunch of just great examples of mothering that I'm able to see just like on a daily and weekly basis. Uh, the best example is what's in my own house though. I fancy myself to be you know, as good of a dad as I can be. And I work my ass off to do it. And I try very hard. And there's a lot of times where I feel like I do not hold a candle to her. Um, she's able to do it in a way that is very natural. Like she seems like she was very much born to do it. But at the same time, I also see in real time the amount of work that she puts in. So she's a great example of someone who it's, it would it would be very easy to say that, you know, she was born to be a mother, but I almost feel like that doesn't pay the proper respect to the amount of adapting that she's done and the amount of changing that she's done and growing that she's done and just work that she puts in. So uh, I'm going to save some more of the compliments for when I actually see her in person. We're going to hopefully have some nice margaritas tomorrow. Uh, we got some of the rocks tequila today. That was actually quite good. Nice. Uh, she's big. And uh, so another thing that she's been doing since I'm, I'm she's, she's big into the rock. No, <laughs> so is everybody's wife. Yeah, I, I was. I, <laughs> you I, got I nothing. No, I thought of a lot of things I could say, but I decided not to go that direction. She's gotten big into TikTok though, so that's a thing in our lives now. Um, and and we did one today that was the rock theme. Then we do a bunch of wrestling themed ones. So we're probably gonna have a bunch of margaritas and just shoot TikToks tomorrow. I think that's how we're gonna celebrate Mother's Day. Quarantine Mother's Day for you. But as you guys said, this is four dads for dads pod, but it's really four dads for all parents. And if nothing else, let's kind of center it t today around four dads for moms. So congratulations to Bobo. I'm very happy for you and Sarah and the rest of the family that fits his home. Um, we're happy to have another member of the four dads for dads clan uh, and happy Mother's Day to all of the moms out there. So mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. We will see you next week, hopefully at a more normal time. We're going to have to talk to Fitz about being a little bit more reasonable. Um, no, all things considered. Very glad that we were able to connect tonight uh, and looking forward to hearing more stories about them. So let's play some music.
Dance. <laughs>